Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. This podcast may discuss topics graphic in nature and possibly triggering to survivors. We value the safety and well-being of all of our listeners. So please practice personal discretion. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Paige. And I'm Natalie. We're the hosts of the Murder Diaries podcast. We bonded over tacos and true crime after we matched on Bumble BFF. You know, like any normal millennial using an app to meet new friends. Every Thursday, we upload a new episode. In each episode of The Murder Diaries, we tell true crime one story at a time. One week, it's my turn. And the next week, it's mine. You still think it's in my head, but I'm walking with the dead. We're going to start this episode by addressing the fact that my voice sounds like what you're hearing. I have been sick for about 10 days. Um, I'm fine. I'm on the mend. But if I sound a little congested or a little raspy, that's why. But other than that, we are here and we are so excited to bring awareness to the story that we are going to be telling today. We're recording this episode on January 2nd, 2022. And as of today, Maya Millette is still missing. May, which is what she preferred to be called, vanished almost exactly a year ago, leaving behind all of her personal effects and her three young children. There's been no activity on her credit cards and no credible sightings of her either. The last person to see May alive was her husband, Larry. Now, I know what you're thinking. Is this a case of the husband did it? Maybe. However, until he gets his day in court, He's presumed innocent, even if it appears otherwise. And without May's body, prosecutors will be facing an uphill battle in his upcoming trial. So that's where we come in. Yes, we, as in me, Paige, and you, our listeners. If Gabby Petito and Sarah Everard's cases taught us anything in 2021, it's that there's power in numbers. And when the true crime community comes together, we can make a real difference. The bottom line, May deserves justice. Once you're done listening to today's episode, share it with your friends and family. Someone out there knows something, saw something, or heard something, and maybe they just haven't realized it yet. The more we spotlight May's story, the closer we get to justice for May and her family. Without further ado, this is the story of Maya May Millette. True to her name, May was born on May 1st, 1981, in the Philippines to Pablito and Naomi Tabalanza. She has five siblings, including a brother named J.R. and a sister named Mary Chris, who's actually the reason I found out about May's disappearance. She runs an Instagram with the sole intention of spreading awareness about her sister's disappearance on top of hosting weekly Zoom prayer groups and searches almost every weekend. 
the Tabalanza family eventually moved from the Philippines to Honolulu, Hawaii, which is where May met and married her high school sweetheart, Larry Millette, a week and a half after turning 19 years old. She's described as five foot two and about 105 pounds with brown hair, brown eyes, and freckles, along with two notable tattoos, a wrist tattoo of a hummingbird and a tattoo of music notes along her collarbone. But she's more than a pretty face. She's a caring mother who adores her three children, daughters ages 12 and 11, and a five-year-old son. Her sister, Mary Chris, has described May as a mother, saying, quote, she's an amazing mom. She has three wonderful kids, and it's her life. She wouldn't leave her kids this way, unquote. May's also a good friend, sister, and daughter who maintains close relationships with the loved ones in her life. She's attached to her phone, always in contact with someone via text or social media. Plus, she's fun to be around. If you've seen any of the videos or pictures shared by her family, there's no doubt about it. May is the life of the party. On top of all of that, she's a talented musician with a beautiful singing voice and some pretty great guitar skills. In early 2020, she worked as a civilian employee at the Navy's Southwest Regional Maintenance Center. Then halfway through the year, she transferred to the Naval Information Warfare Center to continue working as a civilian contract specialist. And it's said that she really excelled at her job and she was committed to her blossoming career. She had so much going for her. However, the stresses of 2020 really took their toll on May and Larry's 20-year-old marriage. Close family members describe lots of arguments in the couple's last year together. None of the resources go into what truly caused the couple's troubles, but there's mountains of speculation. The bottom line is that they were extremely unhappy together. Larry wanted to keep his family, him, May, and their three children, together. But May wanted out. Her Google search history at this time, around the summer of 2020 and onward, reveals her desire to leave Larry and start fresh on her own. She searched things like, quote, how to calculate child support payments and, quote, how much mortgage can I afford? Ultimately, though, May decided to try to stay and attempt to resolve their issues for the sake of their three kids. But Larry started to become paranoid and manipulative. When couples counseling failed to give Larry the results he had wanted, he attempted to rope Tabalanza family members into the marital troubles he was experiencing with May. He was prone to calling May's parents, all five of May's siblings, and their respective partners to help keep his marriage to May together. According to May's brother-in-law, Richard, Larry was aggressive and unrelenting in his tactics. Richard told Fox News, quote, he was trying to get us on his side when we felt like it was a lot of lies that he was telling us, unquote. He even goes on to describe an hour-long phone call he had with Larry over the summer of 2020. Richards quoted as saying, quote, he just sounded desperate, you know? You gotta listen to me. It's her fault. It's her fault, unquote. Those phone calls and pleas for the family to intervene weren't the end of it either. Larry also sent May's family members hundreds and hundreds of increasingly bizarre texts throughout 2020. And I'm going to give you a couple examples. 
The first one happened on June 28, 2020. He sent someone a text message with the Bible verses for Proverbs 5, 3 through 13. This Bible verse contains phrases like, quote, the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and quote, her feet go down to death, her steps lead straight to the grave, unquote. There's so much clear desperation felt from Larry here, and there's so many boundaries he's crossing, important marital boundaries. I don't even know where to begin. You're absolutely right. Another example happened in September 2020. Larry texted a chilling photo to an unnamed recipient that he later sent to the Tabalanza family attorney. Don't ask me why, but he did. In the photo, there appears to be a candlelit altar with a black and white photo of the couple in the center. May and Larry's faces are splattered with a thick crimson red liquid resembling blood. Is this altar in their home? You know, none of the resources state where this altar was, but the fact that he had this photo splattered in what appeared to be blood is horrific. Family and friends went on to describe Larry's behavior as controlling and stalker-like as he became obsessed with May's activities and communications with other people. Things escalated further when Larry started showing up to May's workplace, unannounced, just to see if she was meeting with other people. He even took things a step further when he demanded that May's supervisors not allow her to work with men altogether. This is clearly another red flag of desperation and those boundaries being crossed yet again. You don't get to tell a workplace who one of their employees can and can't work with. This is bizarre. Now, the question most people are probably wondering is, was May having an affair? I don't know. And frankly, it doesn't matter. None of the resources have confirmed this to be the case either. All we know is that Larry was claiming she was. That's it. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospa's hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. In November 2020, Larry emailed May an article titled, What Men Want from Their Wives? To which May replied, and I love her for this, quote, how about maybe you focus on also what women want from their husbands? All these things you send me are just about you, which further solidifies the whole idea that you really think I'm the problem and that if you could only fix me, everything will be okay. As long as I go back to the wife you liked, the one who didn't rock the boat, who didn't assert her feelings, who didn't care how much she was hurting so long as there's peace 
and harmony, then things will be okay. Because really, I'm the problem, right? Unquote. In late December 2020 and early January 2021, the Tabalanza and Millette families vacationed in Glamis together. For those of you that aren't California natives, Glamis is an unincorporated area um, out in Imperial County, which is on the border of California and Arizona. A lot happened during this trip. Larry was overheard discussing paying someone $20,000 to kill the man May was allegedly having an affair with. He even was overheard saying, I want to get that fool. During the same trip, May also made a number of telling statements. May communicated that her marriage was, quote, definitely over and that she had decided to finally file for divorce. She also went on to warn an unnamed witness that, quote, if anything happened to me, it would be Larry, unquote. It turns out that Larry had in fact already hurt May in the past. Now, this event is undated in all the resources, so we don't know exactly when it had happened. But it's something that investigators and her friends and family only learned after her disappearance. According to May's confidant, Larry had choked her until she passed out. This brings us to Thursday, January 7th, 2021. She's just returned home from that vacation with both their families a couple days ago, and they're gearing up for another vacation to Big Bear for her daughter's 11th birthday that weekend. But she's determined that she's gonna take this final step in ending her marriage. She does so by filling out paperwork with a divorce attorney and makes an appointment for January 12th, the following Tuesday. There's surveillance footage that shows May parking her Jeep Rubicon on the street in front of her residence at 4.42 p.m. Investigators obtained multiple sources of video surveillance from that neighborhood, and there's no other surveillance footage of May leaving her house. So we know that she got to her house at 4.42, and that's the last time she ever left it, at least according to these cameras. According to Larry, he and May eventually got into an argument, and she left the home. His reasoning was that she wanted space and that's what she left to go do. From then on, calls and texts to her phone went unanswered. She suddenly stopped responding to the family group texts that she had with her five siblings and her parents. And this really caused alarm bells to go off. It was unlike her. As I mentioned earlier, she was an avid phone user. She was always on social media and texting someone. You could always get in touch with her. But for some reason, you couldn't this day. And it was also concerning because Larry's phone was off, so no one could get in touch with him either. A few hours later, around 9.15 p.m., the sounds of nine loud bangs were recorded on a nearby security camera. An anonymous neighbor would eventually come forward and provide investigators with the recording. The bangs were reviewed and analyzed by investigators in hopes of determining whether or not they were gunshots. The following day, Friday, January 8th, 2021, May's phone activity stops abruptly at 1.25 in the morning. The location data of May's cell phone indicates her phone did not leave her residential neighborhood of San Miguel Ranch in Chula Vista while it was powered on. A few hours later at 5.58 a.m., Larry is seen adjusting the position of his black Lexus GX460 near the family garage. He actually backs it in thus making it impossible for a video camera to capture what 
if anything was happening out of the back of the vehicle. We don't know if anything was loaded, unloaded, or maybe nothing happened at all. Then, 47 minutes later at 6.45 a.m., Larry left the family home in that same black Lexus GX460. He was gone for a total of 11 hours and 21 minutes. Now, most people are probably thinking, it's Friday, he probably went to work. But he didn't. And here's how we know that. Larry's boss actually texted and called him multiple times, but he never got any of those text messages or phone calls because he coincidentally left his phone at home and off. Larry's boss was determined to get in touch with him because he had not only missed January 8th, but he had also missed the two days prior, the 6th and the 7th. And if you remember, he was on vacation before that. So his boss is desperate to get in touch with him. He ends up calling May, but May doesn't answer. And then he calls Larry's dad. Larry's dad tries to get in touch with him saying, you need to call your boss regarding your job. And there's an exclamation point in this text message. But again, Larry doesn't have his phone. On top of leaving his phone at home, Larry eliminated the chance of GPS tracking by turning it off in the Lexus. When he finally returned home that evening, after 11 hours and 21 minutes, Larry had to explain himself to his parents at least. And he told them that he was at Solana Beach with the four-year-old son. His other two children, ages nine and 11 at this time, were in virtual school, so they had to stay home. However, Larry's plans that day are shaky because when investigators showed him a map, he pointed to Torrey Pine State Beach, which is four miles south of Solana Beach. Investigators wondered, was it a simple mistake or was he hiding something? The following day, Saturday, January 9th, 2021, was supposed to be a happy day. The Millette and Tabalanza families were planning a trip to Big Bear Mountain Resort for May's daughter's 11th birthday. But they hadn't been able to get in touch with May this entire time. And they were worried. They didn't know if the trip was still on and they needed to find out what was going on. According to a statement made by Larry's parents, the Tabalanza family still showed up to the Millette family home. They insisted on still celebrating May's 11-year-old daughter's birthday. But it doesn't mean that they weren't afraid for May. That night at 11.18 p.m., Mary Chris, May's sister, filed a missing persons report with the Chula Vista police. This prompted the police to launch a massive search operation the following day, which really was just a couple of hours because, you know, it's 11.18 when she files the report. Police arrive at 1 a.m. on January 10th, and they start the investigation into the missing persons report. While investigators are at the home, Larry allows officers to view his cell phone to review text messages between him and May. Officers note that all of the messages between Larry and May prior to January 9th, 2021, had been deleted. Larry defended his actions, stating he deleted the messages to conserve space on his cellular phone. Hours later, that same January 10th day, one of May's brothers named JR arrives at the family home. He insists on seeing his sister. Larry lets him inside the home and takes him upstairs to the bedroom, but the door is locked. JR knocks on the door but gets no response, and Larry tells him that 
supposedly May has been in the room for 11 hours and wanted to be alone. JR is hesitant at this explanation, but he takes Larry's word for it. He leaves the home feeling uncertain about what he should do. On his way out of the family home, JR notices that the tires on the black Lexus SUV are low. And he wonders, is this a red flag? Is this a result of the expedition that Larry took the day before? For now, he keeps it to himself and walks out and looks up at his sister's window. He notices that the lights are off and he wonders again, is May really inside the room before he leaves? Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. The following day, January 11th, 2021, Billy Little, an attorney hired by the Tabalanza family, arrives at the Millette family home. He introduces himself to Larry, showing him ID, and Larry admits him into the home. There's two things that Billy Little notices upon his inspection of the family home. First, there's a hole in the bedroom that Maya supposedly had been in the night before. When Billy touches the recently patched hole, he notices that it's wet. When Larry's asked about it, he tells Billy Little that the hole was made by Maya when she punched the wall. The second thing Billy Little notices is that there's a freezer missing from the garage. This interaction actually left a sour taste in Larry's mouth because he later accuses Billy Little of falsely presenting himself as a Naval Criminal Investigative Service, otherwise known as NCIS, to gain access to the home. Billy Little says that that's not the case. Who knows what really happened, but I just figured I'd throw that in. Four days later, on January 15th, Larry Millette finally comes to his senses and acknowledges that he's concerned about his wife's whereabouts. If you remember, Mary Chris, May's sister, is the one who filed the missing persons report. Larry hasn't done anything in efforts to find his wife up until this point. A week later, on January 23rd, authorities served a search warrant and searched May's home for the first time. They seized the family's black Lexus SUV, and their hope was to search the contents of the infotainment center. They later released a report that indicated a navigation event, and that's in quotes, at 3.29 p.m. on January 8th. This was for directions to Larry's home address. One of the investigators is quoted as saying, two and a half hours before returning home, he is entering his home address to get there. I'm giving this information so the public understands we do not have a vicinity for where the body may be because at this point, they're working on the presumption that May has been killed. And their understanding is if he's trying to get home two and a half hours before he actually arrives home, the body may be around that area or that amount of time away from the family home. And that's why they released this information. They want the public to understand this is the timeline that they're working with when searching for May. It's now February 3rd, 
and Larry gives his last interview to a local reporter. Larry explains that he last physically saw May on Thursday, but he heard her making herself dinner in the house Friday evening. He goes on to say that because of their fight the day before, he wanted to give her space. So he was upstairs while she was downstairs and he was sleeping in one of the children's bedrooms while she stayed in their marital bedroom. The following day, February 4th, May's family continues searching for her. They haven't stopped. They post missing persons flyers all over Chula Vista and search the hills near her home, not far from Mount San Miguel Park. This is when they learn that Larry has stopped cooperating with investigators and has now retained an attorney. The following day, February 5th, Chula Vista police and May's family hold a media briefing, and here they make an emotional plea for the public's help to bring her home. And that's how the days and weeks go for some time. They search every day for May and turn up no answers. It's now April 1st, and police serve Larry with a search warrant. They seize his guns and also serve Larry's aunt and uncle a search warrant for their home. Neighbors near the the uncle's Encanto home witness officers removing long rifles and boxes and boxes of evidence. That same month, Chula Vista Police Department begins working with the FBI, the San Diego County DA's office, and the Naval Criminal Investigative Service on May's case. The Chula Vista Police Department also makes an announcement that they will be providing information on May's case every two weeks. With the involvement of the FBI and the San Diego County DA's office and the Naval Criminal Investigative Service, May's case really starts to get traction in the news and the media. As a result, Dr. Phil brings on May's sister, Mary Chris, and her husband, Richard, to talk about May's disappearance on one of his episodes of Vanished. During the episode, Dr. Phil went through line by line and dissected Larry's February 3rd phone interview. Remember the one I just mentioned with that local reporter? Well, that's the interview he's dissecting. During his dissection, Dr. Phil points out that Larry rarely refers to May by her name. Instead, Larry calls May her. Dr. Phil suggests that Larry's distancing himself from May. By not using her name, Larry is keeping things impersonal. And it makes you wonder, why would he do that? This is a man who has told his wife's entire family that he's desperate to save their marriage and wants to keep his family together. And now his wife is missing? It should be the most personal situation he's ever been involved in. Yet, he's referring to May as her. It's just something to think about. Even though it's been months since May's disappearance, investigators now find chilling emails written by Larry. And they come to the conclusion that Larry's online communications proved he had, quote, a frantic, desperate, unbalanced mindset coupled with violent and sometimes homicidal ideation. According to a Sun publication about May's disappearance, investigators reviewed Larry's phone and conducted search warrants. And through those investigations, they discovered that Larry had allegedly sent, quote, hundreds of emails to various companies that sell spells. They're quoted as saying, quote, these companies purport to be psychics, spirit channelers, or white light practitioners capable of energy work, who sell spells that can be cast to enhance a person's love life, eliminate debt, or make a romantic partner remain faithful. 
they go on to give an example of one of these interactions. Quote, on December 31st, 2020, he allegedly emailed one spellcaster writing, can you hex to have her hurt enough that she will have to depend on me or need my help? She's only nice to me when she needs me or sick. Thanks again, maybe accident or broken bone, unquote. Interestingly enough, Larry abruptly asked for the hexes against May to be stopped on January 9th. From then on, he changed his focus to, quote, the other man that he was convinced May was having an affair with. But these aren't the only troubling things that investigators found in his emails. In fact, Larry's internet searches proved to be troubling. One in particular happened in December of 2020. Larry conducted a search entitled, My Wife Doesn't Want Me to Touch Her. He then followed that search with another search, looking for specific date rape drugs. The following month, on May 7th, a temporary gun violence restraining order is served against Larry. If you're like me and have no idea what a gun violence restraining order is, I'll tell you, I had to look it up. It's a court order that prohibits the person from having in his or her custody or control or possession or receiving any firearms or ammunition while under the order. The petitioner must convince the judge that the person to be restrained possesses a significant danger in the near future of causing personal injury to himself, herself, or another person by having in his or her custody or control, owning, purchasing, or receiving a firearm. And with all of this information that investigators have undercovered, it's understandable why they would petition for a gun violence restraining order against Larry. Because he actually owned 22 firearms, including three shotguns, five handguns, and seven AR-15s, only eight of which were legally registered to him. Another thing to point out is that one of Larry's weapons, a 40 caliber gun, has still yet to be recovered. That same month, May's parents, Pablito and Naomi Tabalanza, filed a petition seeking visitation rights with their three grandchildren because at this point, Larry had cut off all communication with May's family. It's now July. News 8 goes to court and asks a judge to unseal the gun violence restraining order records. Judge Catherine Bacall agrees that the public should have access to these documents. In the documents, Chula Vista police alleged that May and Larry's children had access to the gun collection because they knew the combination of the gun safe in the home. On top of that, there's actually a picture of May and Larry's four-year-old son standing on a table that's covered in every single gun you can imagine. On top of all of that, the unsealed records describe Larry as a person of interest in May's disappearance. However, the records do not describe him as a suspect, and they say nothing about whether or not it's a homicide case. The truth is, we don't have a body yet, and those of us that consume true crime know we need a body, a weapon, and we need to link the suspect to the crime scene, and we can't do that yet. You're right, we can't. And that doesn't stop Larry from distracting the media with other news. Larry finally fires back against his in-laws in September with a scathing declaration filed in family court. He does not want May's parents to have visitation. In this nine-page declaration, he attacks May's family for everything from drunkenness to child neglect 
and to contaminating the family home with secondhand smoke. A family attorney not involved with the case reviewed the nine-page declaration, and he's quoted as saying, quote, he's going guns blazing and trying to come up with every reason he can possibly think of to say that this visitation is a bad idea. He goes on to say, quote, it's very over the top. I've been doing family law for over a decade, and this is one of the most aggressive declarations I've read in a while, unquote. This distraction may have worked on the media, but it didn't work on investigators because all this time they've been looking for proof of life as a part of this no-body investigation. And up until this point, September, for nine months, they haven't been able to find any such proof. They still acknowledge that May's last communication was on January 7th. There's been no withdrawals from her bank accounts. Her passport has expired in this time. There's no way May is out there, alive. In fact, a key piece of evidence was the whereabouts of May's phone. One of the investigators is quoted as saying, quote, after an extensive recreation and experiment that was done in September of 2021, it's clear that May's phone was at that San Miguel Ranch neighborhood, at her home or thereabouts. That means that May did not leave, did not go anywhere. She always had her phone, unquote. That same month, that temporary gun violence restraining order against Larry was extended for an additional three months. But I think, and this is just my opinion, that investigators were really trying to buy their time because within the next few weeks leading into October, Larry had been seen withdrawing large sums of money from the bank. And then on October 19th, just a month later, Larry was arrested. Larry was taken into custody around 11.41 a.m. after a SWAT team entered his residence. The FBI arranged a mobile command outside his house and the police prompted instructions on loudspeakers. Essentially, this was a huge event that they had been working towards, but they had to make sure that he didn't have his guns anywhere near him, that he did not have access to them. I really think that they were afraid he would legitimately go guns blazing against them. Up until this point, the case involved thousands of hours of investigation, including 67 search warrants, 87 interviews, and nearly 130 tips. An investigator is quoted as saying, these efforts ultimately generated a variety of pieces of evidence that have become clear and overwhelming. Larry Millette, May's husband, is responsible for May's murder and disappearance. The eight-page arrest warrant laid out how investigators arrived at that conclusion. They go on to state, quote, we have probable cause to believe that Larry Millette unlawfully killed his wife, May, and disposed of her body on or about January 7th through the 8th of 2021. May's family conducted a press conference that same day with the Chula Vista Police Department. During that press conference, Mary Chris, May's older sister, spoke. She acknowledged that this was not the end of the search. Her sister is still missing. She continued to plead with the public for any assistance in helping locate May's remains. In fact, she went on to say, quote, we made a promise to her 11-year-old daughter that we would bring her mom home. Let her kids know where their mommy is at, unquote. Two days later, on October 21st, Larry's arraignment happened. It was his first court appearance, and he pleaded not guilty during the 10-minute-long arraignment. He remains held without bail, and there was a criminal protective order issued 
for him not to contact his children. Only six days later, on October 27th, Larry is brought back into court. This time, he's there because he's in violation of the court order prohibiting him from contacting his children. They only want him speaking to his attorney from jail, and that's it. But in those six days, Larry made 129 recorded phone calls to his children and parents. Nine of those hours are exclusively with his children. In those hours of conversations, he has his 11-year-old read news headlines to him, and he tells the two oldest children to watch Shot Caller in order for them to understand what jail is like for him. On December 7th, Larry filed paperwork nominating his parents, Benito and Judith Millette, to be guardians of his three children. This paperwork included sworn declarations by both of Larry's parents explaining why they believed they would be good guardians and why May's family wouldn't. According to Larry's mother, Judith, she and her husband have lived with May, Larry, and the children for the past 11 years. They become so involved in the children's lives that the children even call them, quote, mama and papa, unquote. And that's where the updates stop. Larry's future court appearances are set for February 28th and April 12th. Until then, we'll be staying tuned. Before the end of today's episode, here's some eye-opening information about domestic violence. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, otherwise known as the NCADV, there's already been four gun-related domestic violence fatalities this year. Four. And when I looked up that information, it was 10 a.m. on January 2nd. The NCADV lists other staggering statistics as well. For example, 10 million people a year are physically abused by an intimate partner. And 20,000 calls are placed a day to domestic violence hotlines. If you're wondering what you can do, the first step is education. Learn to look out for particular red flags. Here's a list of warning signs or red flags of an abuser put together by that same organization. Extreme jealousy, possessiveness, unpredictability, a bad temper, cruelty to animals, verbal abuse, extremely controlling behavior, antiquated beliefs about roles of women and men in relationships, forced sex or disregard for their partner's unwillingness to have sex, sabotage of birth control methods or refusal to honor agreed upon methods, blaming the victim for anything bad that, blaming the victim for anything bad that happens, sabotage or obstruction of the victim's ability to work or attend school, controls all the finances, abuse of other family members, children, or pets, accusations of the victim flirting with others or having an affair, control of what the victim wears or how they act, demeaning the victim either privately or publicly, embarrassment or humiliation of the victim in front of others, and lastly, harassment of the victim at work. If you or someone you know is experiencing abuse, please know that there is help. For anonymous confidential help available 24-7, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Again, that's 1-800-799-7233.
That's where we'll leave it for this episode. Until the next episode, you know where to find us at the Murder Diaries Pod on TikTok and Instagram, at the Murder Diaries Pod at gmail.com, and the Murder Diaries Podcast.com. And if you haven't already, go ahead and rate review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It helps us keep the good content flowing. And until then, stay safe. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.